Welcome to this Siri episode of Siri Answers Nothing. Okay, that was Kyle's. Yeah. Do Are we all just taking turns at this point? Yeah, why not? Okay, Cliff, you're up. You have to top Siri Answers Nothing. And it's going to have balls in it somehow. It just is. <laughs> Sally always knows. There you go. It's like ambiguous. That. You oh, don't yeah. know who Sally is or yeah. what she knows. And, or why yeah. that why knowing would start with the letter N instead of a K. That's mm-hmm. a good so. one. Chase, you got one? What a name? Yeah. I ain't got shit. Yeah. That that doesn't that doesn't that's not an acronym we of S A N. Shit. Uh, <laughs> we just watched baseballs the other night. Uh how about slightly agnostic nuns? Okay. That one like is. Uh, I, I sort of believe that. I believe that. I don't think there are any straight up agnostic nuns, but I believe there are some slightly agnostic mm-hmm. nuns, kind of thinking about whether or not this is the right life decision. Like towards towards the end of their end of their life cycle, they're just like, um, or earlier. Well, I would say as soon as they got yeah, in. Just, yeah. They, they, no, they, no. Here's the thing: is I believe fully. I'll take it a step further. I mean, there are accountants who are like get to like 27, and they're like. I really shouldn't have chosen accounting. Like I really thought that was the thing when I was 19, but I was an idiot and I chose accounting. But now I'm kind of locked into this accounting thing. I'll just do it for the next 40 years of my life. So if you don't think that there are not nuns who like five years in think I did not cho- choose the right life path, but I think they're feeling a little more locked in than the accountants. So I would say I'm going to go out on a limb and say, most nuns regret being nuns, but they kind of feel like they got to stick it out. It's part of the deal. I just feel like um, as they get later later in their life cycle as nuns, they just continually see more and more shit that makes them, mm-hmm. or they don't see shit that yeah. makes them question dongs. whether they made the right choice. No. Just like, this, are uh, we trying to bring this around to dongs? Was there was the problem no, that we hadn't yet mentioned do. dongs in the first five minutes of this well, podcast? Mission God accomplished. It. It's been mentioned. How? I was alluding to the fact that they just didn't see any miracles. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They're like or, or, or miraculous us, dongs. We pray for them and they still die. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's dark. How yeah. much Pornhub consumption is done by nuns? It's not because I, I got to tell you guys the answer is not zero. Oh, it's absolutely the not answer zero. is not zero minutes, and I don't care. I don't care if you're a good Catholic. I don't care if you do not eat meat on Friday. You're not going to look me in the eyes and tell me that zero minutes of Pornhub are consumed by Catholic nuns every day. How it's many not zero minutes, minutes of Pornhub are created by Catholic nuns Ooh. every day? Mm. Probably less than the consumption. Yes, and, and far less than the amount of Pornhub minutes just featuring nun costumes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that's different. You know who has a horrifying job? The data analytics person for Pornhub, the person that's sifting through all the demographics, <laughs> everything for advertising. Actually, no, that shit's fun. Have that you seen fun. every the, year they, they come out with uh, with a year interview? He knows what he knows what type it's a woman. of porn his mom and dad watch. I don't think, um, well, yeah, that's true. His you could look them up specifically. Wife. First yeah. of all, before we continue down this path, shout out Jason Bandy, who's the one who suggested slightly agnostic nuns. You didn't think it was going to go in this direction, hey. did you? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 given, it's springboard for this wonderful conversation. But talking about Pornhub analytics, I think, is interesting because it's, you know, it's Pornhub Analytics. Why is that not interesting? They do a year in review. Have you guys not seen this? Mm. Oh, no. I've seen Pornhub they, Analytics they, they stuff. Do, before. Yeah, 100%. They, they like, what's the top Pornhub like search, search so the thing by state, yeah. et cetera? Here's the 2018 year in review. And they've been doing it. That's the sixth annual one. So wow. the 2019 is going to be the seventh annual one. That's how numbers work. Uh, the year in numbers. So let's see. Uh, 33.5 billion visits over 2018. 
uh, daily average of 92 million visitors. Jesus <laughs> um, they uh, served up 30 billion searches or 962 searches per second. Uh, they their content partners uploaded 400. Oh, I'm sorry, 4.8 million new videos, over a million hours of new content. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. Let's see if we can find something interesting. 4,400 petabytes of data transferred. <laughs> petabytes. Uh, <laughs> it's a very that's a very salacious sounding number oh of yeah. bytes. <laughs> every uh, every minute on Pornhub, 207,405 videos viewed, 64,000 visitors, um, 55 views of Kim Kardashian's sex tape per minute. Uh, 55? Yeah, 55. Uh, let's see. Uh Every minute, two hours of new content is uploaded onto Pornhub. <laughs> uh, top searches. Uh, 2018's top search, Stormy Daniels. Nice. Of, of course. Of course. Makes sense. Second place, Fortnite. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fortnite-themed porn. Wait, confused. have you read this out on this podcast before? I, I think we like did this a few years did. ago. <laughs> I feel like I some years of these ago. things are sounding familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the lines between their two entertainment values. In mm-hmm. April... Uh, when Fortnite servers crashed mm-hmm. April 2018, they saw a spike. Fortnite searches on Pornhub spiked by 60. <laughs> percent People just really wanted any Fortnite in their life. They just point. needed to get off. Uh, number three, <laughs> nice. Number three uh, is 4K. That's pretty good. Uh, my personal favorite one on this top ten, by the way, of of just like the internet really leaning into mm-hmm. strangeness on Pornhub. Yeah. The number nine most commonly uh, uh, searched thing in 2018 on Pornhub is Bowsette. Bowsette. Bowsette is a female version of Bowser that people on the internet took and drew into a, a sexy Bowser, a sexy female Bowser. What? Mm-hmm. Human beings are fucking disgusting. If you're, at, <laughs> if you're at work and you're thinking to yourself, how bad could this be? Rest assured. Is it's, that bad? It's bad. Do not, <laughs> do not, Search uh, for Bowsette unless you are you are on your on your lonesome because or your chase right now or your chase right now it's yeah, totally yeah. fine uh, and see but look Armin's gonna put up seen. Armin's gonna put up a photo of Bowsette here on the YouTube right here oh, I don't uh, know if I can do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's funny uh, Bowsette is a thing apparently cool. uh, let's see they have a whole section here about Bowsette. Um, good, good, good. Let's really dive deeper into this. What yeah. else was in here? That's crazy. On her? yeah, I think it was finally. I think it's finally with a lot of this stuff with with your bowsettes, with your furries, with your God knows what else is finally where I'm getting to that old man level where I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with kids these days? What the yeah. fuck is wrong with That's you? Troubling. Get out there and have sex with real flesh and blood human people not weird cartoons that have both parts we don't want that go out to make out point come on armin is still in his phone i'm still trying, I'm just I'm, vamping I'm, until I'm armin eventually oh, uh if you want to see so uh in the western hemisphere most of the searched categories are lesbian so if yeah. you're in north america or south america generally speaking you're probably looking for lesbian porn but if you're in Russia mm-hmm. or uh, looks like China, mm-hmm. all Bowsette. It's all Bowsette. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Oh and God. if you're in the Middle East, mostly anal. All right. Hard <laughs> to <laughs> believe. Hard to believe. Mm. Hard to fucking believe. Yeah. 
So, uh, <laughs> so aggressive. Over in there. case you guys were wondering yeah, yeah. how 2018 went in the world of pornography mm-hmm. and consumption of pornography, which, by the way, has been a recurring theme on this show. We've yes. talked a lot about Pornhub for multiple reasons, many of them actually valid reasons. For example, how technology is changing thanks to Pornhub mm-hmm. or our world is changing thanks to the way oh, we yeah. consume technology. And, and what Armin is giving us is an announcement that because of all the recent YouTube censorship and channel, channels being canceled, that Armin is moving Armin Hammer TV to Pornhub. Pornhub. That's yep. correct. That's honestly not a bad move. I would probably make more money. I'll be honest with you. 100%. Yep. I have less competitors. And mm-hmm. then really that, you know, talking about getting the implants would really, really do well there. Yeah, all the, uh, all the mass I've the been new gaining. Yeah, all the mass I've been gaining and the money I've been saving for those new big titties is really going to pay gonna off. But uh, and if anyone wants to dive into the subject even further, I recommend. I think I brought it up, so I'll give the brief, brief version. But John Ronson's audio book slash audio series released through Audible, The Butterfly Effect, talks specifically about all of the myriad cultural impacts of the launch of Pornhub in 2008, and one of them being, and there's a the a very, very, very acute rise in reports suddenly of erectile dysfunction, clinical visits for erectile dysfunction, for which usually started around like 36, 37, for people ranging all the way down to 15, 16 years old, saying they can't get erections in sexual situations. So quite literally, this new phenomenon has erupted post-Pornhub of people who are so inundated with sexual imagery that it's actually short-circuiting their ability to become intimate with other people in real scenarios. And this, and it's, and it, it's, he goes into it in the book, but it says not really occurring. 2008 starts to occur and rise and rise and rise, Unlike as well as, as well as for real. <laughs> for, there you go, boners. As well as uh, declining for the first time ever, and you probably heard some about this, people talk about it in kind of a joking way, but it is real, like for the first time ever, declines in teenage sex rates, declines in rates of sex uh, uh, for young people. Young people are having less sex and they're migrating their sexual activity to just the consumption of pornography, which is an interesting other thing that the internet is doing it's a big problem and you know you, you can't really see how it could go wrong though that's yeah. the thing yeah, like, you can only see positive it, things happening it's just an no intermediate downside. step on the way to sex robots yeah, yes it's all going to be sex robots in just uh, five years but here's the other thing by the way what is the world what does the world look like when you just have a generation of you know industrious young men but who don't chase tail the whole time and just are full of endeavors, and then they go, you know, masturbate to Bowsette, and then they're right back writing code again five minutes later. That's why the Chinese are beating us! The problem is... That, is, is, it, is it developing asexual drones? Is that yes, the idea? No, asexual worker drones? I don't know if that's a good thing, because... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would end up happening invariably is the work product that is being output mm-hmm. would solely be focused on increasing the consumption of their pornography would just be making just be more, making more real and real bassettes but it's like <laughs> more but, no, no it's like apollo 11 it's like the apollo program the the pro that the massive endeavor that was the apollo program gave us so many other little inventions like mris and various advanced no, computer technology it's like ex machina but instead of that hot swedish bitch it's bassette it's just like that. I think it. I think it will be just like both of those things. Yes. We'll have MRIs, but you're going to go into a Bowsette machine yeah. to get your MRI. What if? <laughs> what if how the Turing test is finally passed is by 
a sex robot. We think it'll be something fancy, like some chess-playing intellectual That's computer. the literal premise of the film, Ex Machina, that is, is what if the Turing test was passed by true. a sex robot. That's true. <laughs> yeah, But <laughs> that is already but, a movie. But, oh, that's but, a great idea. <laughs> but, but it was done seriously. What I'm talking is the silly version of that. But also casting Oscar Isaac and Don Mogleason. Yes. yes. Please. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, by the way, is a topic that I think is particularly... Uh, useful for us to talk mm-hmm. about because most of our audience are men yeah hard to believe oh. and most of our audience are kind of like us a same age range a surprising number of the incidental crossfit followers that i follow on instagram that i get from instagram are women which is it was surprising i get a lot of dudes but a lot of women follow as well which is surprising so yeah there you go and i, I think uh we can I, all see why well, because of the beard yeah, it's because who doesn't want to follow raw sexual, sexual magnetism you should right. change your Instagram handle to, to sexual, sexual Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, one. I'm at sexual Jesus. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Ellie Kabord tested positive for clenbuterol. Hard yeah. Which was yeah. shocking That's to hard. find out that there was someone on that team Not named okay Ellie Kabord. Hard pivot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hard yeah, pivot. No, for so, so this topic. person was on the may- one of the mayhem teams. So Ellie has been on the the mayhem. So mayhem has two teams. Yeah. Oh, so she's on the independence team. She's, yes. There's there's mayhem freedom, which has oh. been the the championship team three times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and second place once. Yes. And then there's the mayhem independence, mm-hmm. which last year was fourth. Yeah, yeah. Now, historically, she's been on mayhem freedom, but this, this year, year she's on mayhem independence. Yeah. Uh, because Rich recruited China to come in, so China Cho yeah. and uh, Tasia Perseves are are the two females on that team. So mm-hmm. she's been on Mayhem Independence, and she tested positive for clenbuterol at mm. uh, in Iceland. Mm. Now, Reykjavik. at the Reykjavik CrossFit Championships, yeah. that's right. And so um, here's the there's there's a there's a really there's a lot of really weird things about this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious about how this one gets gets handled yeah, yeah. ellie is uh part of like you know rich's ri- the rich team mm-hmm. the rich family and uh m- you he's know he's sure out though for putting a little too much sugar on her cereal <laughs> yeah, yeah i i'm curious exactly how hq's gonna handle it apparently you know she requested like a, a, a lengthened appeal time mm-hmm. and they denied it and she's like testing the supplements and food and stuff that she was consuming in the couple days beforehand but the thing about clenbuterol is that it is, uh, it's a horse, it's a horse <laughs> bronchodilator. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I know it's weird because the way it's used in performance enhancing circles is by bodybuilders who are trying to cut for a contest mm-hmm. to like shred shredded. their last yeah. bit of body oh. fat, which doesn't make much sense for a CrossFitter heading into competition. Especially considering mm-hmm. Anavar is a much more common drug that's being used by female crossfitters yeah. in, in well, my, if, if i had to yeah. guess but it's like mm-hmm. in competition i don't think clenbuterol would be useful that'd be just for someone trying to lose body fat so that's right. why the, the idea of a tainted supplement here actually kind of makes more sense it's like it doesn't even make sense now why the, that would be in there the tainted supplement side of things is a little bit strange because generally speaking you don't put horse bronchodilators into any supplements mm-hmm. however tainted meat 
is an excuse that has been mm. successfully used by mm. Canelo Alvarez, mm. the boxer mm-hmm. who uh, tested positive before his fight with uh, uh, Gennady Golovkin last year and said it's because I had tainted meat in South America. I mean, that sounds almost true. That sounds almost true. I that mean, if I were taking Clenbuterol to make weight before a big boxing match, I also would sell that lie. So. I absolutely would use that one as well. Now, here's That's a here's, pretty good lie. He here's should, where the They should let him off just for telling that lie. I think they might have. Here's where the selfish mind comes into place. I had horse meat in Iceland. Mm. I wish I had gotten drug tested because I really would have loved to see what the end result is. And that makes me think that maybe there's there's a piece of content in here. Yeah. Where we eat horse? Where we probably eat horse. But the question yeah. is, how much horse do you have to eat to test positive <laughs> for clenbuterol? Yeah. And if that title isn't going to make you click on the video, <laughs> there's a thumbnail somewhere of like someone digging uh, into the side of a bloody ooh, horse. I, I want to do that experiment all right. and see. Step one, guys. Step one. We all got to get on like all four sides of the horse so we can't get away. <laughs> 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 He's going to be wily. You see, hey, hey, Mr. Horse. A lot of horses have quartered people over the years. Now four humans are going to quarter you, you time, son of a bitch. Time for us you. to get ours. <laughs> How do you like the taste of that horse? Your cousin's the reason why Ellie tested positive, you son of a bitch. <laughs> this you is guys? for William Wallace. Have you guys ever Grab his hooves. Grab his hooves. Have y'all ever ridden a horse? Yeah, yep. yeah, a few mm-hmm. times. Yeah, I don't think four people is going to be enough. No, 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 no. That no. horse would kill us all in yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> they they kick kick You've so seen hard. John Wick 3, right? I have uh, not. Dude, no, you not need yet. to see it. There's some horse action in there. Horse action and <laughs> Also known as action. action. Don't, uh-huh. don't Google horse action, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do not Google that horse, one. Or, or, Google horse action, Bowsette. And then you're going <laughs> to get some real Dude, that interesting. Is a, that is a, there's, the, there's an overlap of those two circles, yes. and that overlap is the heart of darkness. I know. Your computer just becomes Pepe the Frog, and he gives you a thumbs up. If you just so, type that into the computer, <laughs> the, uh, there's there, so Ellie testing positive for Clem is uh, is is a strange one because Clenbuterol has a cousin drug which is basically the exact same thing called Albuterol, which mm-hmm. is uh, actually an asthma. Medication? It's an asthma medication, asthma medication, and it. it I had a friend uh, who had really bad asthma. He was a crossfitter, and he had it prescribed mm-hmm. to him. And it's one of those things that you have to get either get a TUE for. Um, or you would test positive for it because it is banned in competition. And I've always wondered what benefit it, it would have given. And I think after looking it up, Cliff is right. It's mostly a cutting drug used by bodybuilders. However, the most sort of like uh, the most sort of like peak performance guy that I've seen who got caught for it was a Tour de France, three time Tour mm. de France winner. Uh, I forget what his name mm. was. His name wasn't Lance Armstrong. Mm. I guess because because the bronchodilation thing, I, or maybe I mean, it's because it's a I, stimulant. I, I, I don't know, right? Too, I, I don't know what's that. It makes you just breathe better. Does maybe it optimize your breathing. Maybe it does. I mean, why mm. isn't he just drinking a lot of beet juice? Come on, dude. Mm. Beetroot juice. So he's <laughs> probably that's doing that. Jim Norton doing, doing those doing all of <laughs> Yeah, he's probably doing all that. Um, so I don't I don't really know. And this is a this is a weird one because we've seen a few other uh, positive tests come out. Um, you know, earlier this year we had the, uh, or late last year we had the Masters test positive. It was Sean Ramirez and Kelly Holm. Kelly Holm was actually able to successfully argue and prove mm. that she had a taint supplement mm-hmm. and was able to reduce. She was the first athlete to get her her sentence reduced, her mm-hmm. sanction reduced from four years to two years. Mm. Sean Ramirez's uh, appeal didn't go his way, so he's he has a four year ban. 
the rest of the athletes that have been announced all have gotten four-year bans, but they've also all been like tested positive for much bigger stuff. So the Ellie thing aside, mm-hmm. there was other drug testing news. It was one billionth of a gram. That's what I heard as well. Yeah. That's what that's what she said, which is uh, 100 picograms, yeah. which is uh, not a lot of yeah. stuff. Apparently. And unlike John Jones, she might actually be innocent. Absolutely fucking true. That's a, that's a good point. I want to believe that she's innocent. I, I'd like to believe that she's yeah. innocent too. I mean, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't know. My my gut tells me that these are there. I can find an argument in either direction. I can mm. hold. I can hold both those positions in my mind. I would much rather. Be, I can much more easily believe that someone who went to a who's from a country where they eat horse was tainted with a substance that wouldn't have necessarily actually helped her in the sport that she was competing in, than that a 23-year-old super athlete took a gas station boner pill that just happened to have trenbolone in it or whatever the fuck. Right. So it's like they're very different circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I, I find it really uh, difficult to piece together any of these, these stories. In some cases, you're like, man, you're just clearly fucking cheating and this is bullshit. And in other cases, it's like, Okay, there's there's some other context here that could potentially mm-hmm. muddy the waters and, and trying to figure all this yeah. stuff out. And I don't think there's any situation in which Ellie gets off scot free. I think she's at least facing some sanction. Mm-hmm. You know, if she can prove that it was from something she consumed while she was in Iceland, then you know maybe maybe that's that's what's going on. And and uh, uh, you know she might be able to to limit her sanction to two years. But you know who's not going to limit their sanction? Benny Garrard. Benny Garrard. Benny Garrard. Now, you might recognize that last name mm-hmm. because uh, Benny Garrard mm-hmm. is the older brother of Ricky Garrard. Mm-hmm. Ricky Garrard being the athlete who took third place at the CrossFit Games in 2017 only to get popped for a cancer-causing <laughs> mm-hmm. SARM, which could occasionally yeah, yeah. help out with his, his top-end performance. Mm-hmm. Turns out Benny also is on the same shit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> How the fuck does that happen? Yeah. Well, obviously, his brother saw good results. Yeah. yeah. Duh. I mean, it's like your your brother suffers pretty much the biggest consequences you can suffer from having taken things. And if he's testing, are these old samples? or No, he a- tested positive this year. So that means that... I don't know how long that stuff stays in your system, but does that mean that since his brother was ruined out of the sport, he's still been taking things since so then? allow me to give you some context to yeah. this story. First of all, Ricky's suspension is up in two years, and he's not even going to be 30. He's no, going to be true. like 28 uh, when his suspension's <laughs> up, which means he's going to be in peak physical form. And he's just taking back. so many steroids right now. Think God how, knows think what the fuck he's doing. his muscles and tendons will be after taking Rad 140 for that four years straight. He's now, putting all the sugar on his cereal. <laughs> now, now, Benny, on the other hand, has been... Mm-hmm active in the CrossFit space and uh, showed up to compete at an Australian sanctional and pulled out only to be drug tested after announcing his withdrawal and oh. tested positive after that that announcement. Mm-hmm. And my guess is he, he showed up and was like, oh, fuck, mate, they're going to be testing people here. <laughs> oh, shit. 
<laughs> I just withdraw. It'll be fine. Oh, this is a knife. I gotta so, get so the fuck out of here. Right? Yes, he withdrew in the competition. No, mate, I can't. Can't be doing any of those wobbles. <laughs> and that's, it's just not feeling good today. My, my oh, knee. Oh look, Kara Webb just back. walked in. Oh god, look over there. There's a fucking spider the size of a horse. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna need you to piss in this cup. Oh shit, mate. Nah. <laughs> Everybody knows that spider the size of a horse. It's it's Jim in accountings. It's his pet. Yeah. yeah so uh, <laughs> I, that is that is an enact that is a reenactment. Uh, an actual reenactment, yes. word for word, of exactly how that entire thing went down. <laughs> uh, but there, it takes a special sort of special to mm. test positive for the exact same thing your brother tested positive for. Yep. And didn't Ricky's girlfriend take credit? Wasn't she like, it's my fault. I gave him something that he he never yep. usually takes, and yep. it happened uh, to be tainted with this th- exact thing that his brother now. But Armin, I got to call you out again. You've yet again referred to Enduraball as a sarm on your video. It's Is it not, not a sarm? No, it's not a sarm. No. It's oh. it's the substance that the Russian track uh, athletic team used to uh, to win all the gold medals the year that uh, the Olympics were in. Uh, oh, Sochi uh, or wherever one of them. Uh, I think it was yeah. the Summer Olympic Games. Oh, actually, it was the Summer but, Olympic Yeah, Games. but it was the whole track team, or maybe it was the winter one. I don't fucking remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is, it's the thing that gives you like super crazy endurance, apparently, when at you take it. At the cost it. of giving you cancer. Maybe. Who time. knows? But the important thing is, <laughs> important. it makes sense for CrossFitters. So what I'm saying is, CrossFitters, you should probably take Endurable. I get uh, it. I'm saying. It's I get it. out of your system real quick. Yeah. Which uh, means he's, he's still like, taking it. Yeah. Yeah. 100 fucking yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How do you feel about this, Chase? Uh, yeah, fuck, fuck him. I could have told you that Benny was on on Endurable, <laughs> like not because I know him personally, but like, I I just I, it just seems obvious. Like he has the exact same build as Ricky. Mm. He was super hyped for Ricky. He stayed in this corner. They trained together every day. He's his coach. Who do you think gave him the stuff? What if he just like, got it? What if he just Rick? got it by sucking his brother's dick too much? <laughs> <laughs> I stole it from you. Yes. <laughs> I actually have been sitting on that since the beginning. I just was trying to say, uh, you know, we have to get pretty deep into this before I'm going to make brother sucking brother dick jokes. And we went that deep. So I realized, okay, it's time. That is the sixth most popular. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been proven multiple times that that's not, that's not an effective way to get a good dose of, of steroids. I know. Yeah. It has never worked for it's me. It's not going to no. work. <laughs> But here's the question. Would you rather face a two-year sanction I'd rather or face it. tell everyone in the world that you got your drugs from sucking your brother's dick? Now, God, but if bold. you can effectively convince them, though, then you get to get away from the sanction. It's Australian, Australian well, tradition. Whenever your brother's sick, you help him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a spider bit him right on the penis, mate. <laughs> I had to suck the poison out. <laughs> <laughs> suck the poison out, Morty. <laughs> Bendigo. He's got to let me suck out the poison, Morty. God, uh, I hate everything about what just happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to Bendigo, Morty, to get my green cube. Get in the car. Get in the car. Get in the car, Ricky. <laughs> get in the car, Ben. We're going to take it to your brother. He's in Bendigo. He was bitten by a snake. Right on his penis. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, so he tested uh, positive for that shit. Isn't yeah. that amazing? I got a bunch of messages from people from Australia who were like, <laughs> not surprised. Yeah. yeah. They're like, uh-huh. this is this is a pretty open secret that yeah. Benny has been on a lot of shit. Well, I forget who sent it to me. Did they, did they send, did someone send you a message 
of uh, of a video clip from Redeemed and the Dominant, where it shows Benny handing Ricky a black vial <laughs> of something. Yeah, but I, I I didn't see it. Someone mentioned it to me. I didn't see it. I don't remember that because I, I blocked those garbage propaganda movies out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to also, me, that just reads as like... What was it? To, okay, so to me... Triumph of the CrossFit? That, that reads as like the same sort of like stunt they pulled where the filmmakers knew he tested positive before he did and they were uh, like interviewing him. It's just like yes. dramatic bullshit. But also, it's like it's a super sketchy. Pass Maybe off. it was Sheila Jeet. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even Sheila know what Jeet? that is. No, no that's Sheila exactly Jeet is what like it, a resin. No, no, no. You think it was it was a black vial of SARMs? I Sorry, not SARMs. Endurable. Of some Endurable. type of supplement that's yeah. sketch. Oh, he was probably on. Was Sar- he was on SARMs too. Oh, yeah. he, he was on SARMs. He was on. He was on. Very powerful SARMs. Handing him another product and then secret past another product in it. So I don't remember that clip. I gotta look at that. And then. Takes the other supplement in the other. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Caught on video. Candid camera style. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking Are about. Are you questioning the authenticity, Armin, of the cinema verte at work in the... Is it really called the Redeemed and the Dominant? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's called Redeemed and the Dominant because Tia was a whiny and negative person. The year that she came in second. Granted, she got fucked out of first because of some scoring shit. And then she was redeemed because she won and had a positive outlook and destroyed everybody. Redeem- and it was called dominant because Matt Fraser just dominated everybody like he did the year before. So uh, what else would you call it? CrossFit 27, take 20, 2017. 2017 CrossFit commercial. Yeah. So CrossFit, my, same shit, different day. But was it even really a commercial for CrossFit, or was yeah. it a commercial for the CrossFit Games? It was a commercial <laughs> for Dave Castro and the CrossFit Games. Huh. Yeah. Uh, van, van, not even a commercial. It was just a vanity project, just like to see. We want a movie the in the theater about our <laughs> thing, and it'll only be seen by us, and it's great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, uh, the recent the new season of Documentary Now, which is great, uh, was just put on Netflix, um, the season three, and the last episode is a bowling sports movie parody, yes. and as someone who makes uh, sports documentaries for a living for the past 18 years, I'm pretty sure it's it's been. Um, Hell, I'm pr- it was, I'm, it was I'm, really... I'm currently making a bowling sports documentary. Is. Cliff is working For on bowling real. stuff now. So um, it was really fun. It's, so just I strongly recommend check it out. It's cool. What's his name from Dexter plays like... Michael the, C. Hall. Yeah, Michael C. Hall's in it and then uh, some other funny people. Anyway, but it's really fun. They have like the bad boy bowler and the thing, all the characters you would have in a sports documentary. But one of the best though is Bobby Moynihan, who I love, uh, has, a, has a thread. And this is... It just so brings me back to like South by Southwest 2005 where you would just see like documentary after documentary after documentary. Everyone's hoping to make that next mini DV documentary that pops like super size me or whatever. And there were several sports and things like uh, uh, like uh, what is it? King of King of Kong. Kong yeah, yeah, King yeah, of King Kong. Fistful of quarters. Yep. So many of those. But what they do with him is they develop an entire storyline, backstory, all of this kind of stuff with him. And then first round of the competition, he throws a gutter ball and he just gets eliminated. And he's just gone from the whole thing. <laughs> and he's just out at that point. And that happens so many times in those shitty documentaries where like they're cultivating nine characters. In fact, one of those documentaries that I saw at South by Southwest was Savon Matosian's uh, Pulling John, Pulling John, which yeah. then led us to then watch his uh, Every Second Count. Yeah. 
accounts as well, uh, which is full of that, as well, I think. Uh, I can remember they follow Pretty all much. sorts yeah, of CrossFitters follow, in the early part. Like nine people who are yeah. heading into the competition. Just anonymous CrossFitters who never, who we never saw yeah, again. It's like Dutch was yeah. Dutch was like kind of a, a thing then, and but they and they had zero spiel. footage. Yeah, they had yeah. zero footage of Jason Kalipa. They literally had to like cut after he won to like a, a, a huddle of all the athletes because it was the only B roll they yeah. had of him at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, after footage he wins. Of, of Kalipa, but they they yeah. saved over it with the Josh Everett footage. Yeah, and that meta awareness, <laughs> that like hyper awareness of that in that episode of documentary now is great. That whole like, oh, he's a backstory and he's struggling and he's living out of his car and he's a good guy and all this, and now he's not in the movie anymore. I I actually kind of enjoyed watching Pulling John. Oh, I, oh, I love pulling, pulling John. John. Great. It's great. I, I pulling John's great. I kind of enjoy it. I enjoy the movie. John is John. Pulling John's a much pulling better John movie. Pulling John is Savan's first, uh, I don't know if it's first documentary, but it's his documentary yeah. about um, the, do you remember the the on-the-floor announcer who was like really excited at the CrossFit Games? He was a professional arm wrestler. Uh, oh, shit. What's his name? Travis, uh, Travis, Travis Bajan. Bajan. Travis yeah. Bajan. So the, okay. the documentary is about Travis Bajan trying to beat the best arm wrestler in the world. It's actually he, Travis Bajan isn't the sole protagonist. There. He's, one, one, of several he's one of several. He's one of a handful. It's, an ensemble. It's, it's like Kyle was talking. It's about many, many people. We get all their. But Travis ends up that. being like the main guy mm. who actually has a shot. He's at the clear, end. He, he, yeah. Well, he's the big. And, and, and it's exactly like in the the bowling parody we just watched yeah. the documentary. Now he's the loud, brash, bad boy around that makes the movie interesting, and therefore he and dominates the screen time of the film even though the film is ostensibly about john who is like the quiet oh i mean who's the the you know the quiet stoic guy who keeps beating everyone but gets less screen time because they literally like michael c hall basically plays that character in the film or sorry, in the documentary now thing. that's true watch mm-hmm. that anyway but pulling john was great yeah it was and um and i we we actually were there uh, when it first played, I think it's South by yeah, Southwest, yeah. and so Savon was in the giving a little Q and A, and Cliff tra- nudged me, and we were, we were just starting to do this thing called CrossFit back then, <laughs> and he was like, "I think that's the guy who uh, made a CrossFit documentary. We should check it out when it comes out on DVD." I'm like, "Oh, cool." You know, that's where the CrossFit documentary idea started from, right? Yeah. And the first handful, the ones that Savon himself did, were all fantastic. Uh, the first one being every second counts. Still fun to watch yeah. if you can find it. It's it's like a it's a pretty decent watch. Um, mm-hmm. But the the one he followed that up with was uh, that was me. Sorry. Oh, yeah, cool. The one he followed <laughs> that up with was um, number one and number two, which is yeah, yeah. which is the documentary post 2010 CrossFit Games, pre 2011 CrossFit Games, right, which right. followed like uh-huh. two or three days of training of Rich Froning yep. and Graham Holmberg, yeah. who at that point R&D. had been pitted together or pitted against one another as like, you know, the heir apparent of all things CrossFit, Rich Froning, uh-huh. and yeah. Graham Holmberg, the man who happened to win in mm-hmm. 2009. It was. Uh, or 2010. It was really it's it's well, fucking amazing. But you're skipping you're skipping over a very important uh, Savant Matosian oh. documentary, Sisu. Uh, that was the, that was the 2009 documentary. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that was the and, one for yeah, me. Yeah. And also yep. the behind the scenes stuff he did on the 2009 CrossFit Games is very useful because it's the only footage of the 2009 CrossFit Games anywhere. It was never streamed live. Holy shit! We need we've talked about this before, but I think this is a legit good idea, which I'm going to propose right now with the audience present. I want to engage them. We should do a full. Con- 
commentary slash reaction to the early works of Savan Matosian. Sisu pulling John. In. I am down as fuck. That'd to be do great. That. Let's, Let's do, do a reaction to. Yeah. I've never uh, seen Sisu. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. oh dude, have you're you gonna seen, have such a huge boner. Wait, have you seen any of those? You watch Sisu. I swear to God. Have you seen every second counts Sisu? Or I haven't seen Sisu. Have you seen number one, number two? I've seen number one and number two, and I've seen every second. Dude, every second counts Sisu pulling John. We should watch all of them, and because that 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 was great. I loved all those things back. Oh, for fuck sure. Yeah, we and we can just continue that. We can do the the Montana reaction, the camp to the Mon- the reaction. What was it called? It was uh, it was uh, uh, Big oh, Sky. Yeah, Big, Big Sky. Yeah, Big Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what's the other one where it was like the verses? The Tahoe versus yeah, the, uh, the Tahoe, Tahoe throwdown, the again faster versus yeah, yeah. Rogue. Was that, so, that was, was that crazy. Savant? That was Savant. Doing so that, sound yeah. off, Scale as Nation, in the comments below or uh, at Arm and Hammer TV on social media. Would you guys be interested in us watching some awesome? Uh, uh, old school Savan Matosian CrossFit content and talking basically the whole time. I mean, we can start. We could. We could legit start with every second counts yeah. and just work our way through the films. I think so. Mm-hmm. Working more or less chronologically, just because most of the CrossFit audience, a lot of our CrossFit audience, is very unfamiliar with that old school stuff. We mm-hmm. are very, uh, you know, surprised to see that we, you know, folks like Chase who just weren't around then. So just to revisit a lot of that shit. You know, the the in my opinion, the last great film that uh crossfit put out mm. uh w- is still available for free on youtube and it's yeah. called very simply 2014 games mm. and it was the film that mm. the that was made of the 2014 games because at that time the the a team of i guess heber and marston were focused on making the rich froning documentary the mm. fittest in, in history or whatever and uh i think that's the full title fittest in history or whatever yeah uh, the the Froning documentary was taking up all of their effort, and so I think mm-hmm. uh, someone took the helm of like I'm going to make the 2014 games documentary, and mm-hmm. it's fucking great. It's a really mm. really cool behind the scenes look, like in the vein of Savan, but I don't think mm. it was Savan that did it. Mm. But yeah, I think we should do that. I'm 100 nice. down. We could start with every second counts or whatever's available for free or on Netflix or whatever. That's a idea. I mean, it's really it's it's hard to it, you cannot. Um, for all these people who entered CrossFit when there was like a CrossFit Games update show and all this sports stuff, like we just it what didn't exist. We followed the CrossFit Games on Twitter back in two thousand nine or two thousand eight, um, and so it's just like those videos, especially the Big Sky and like that, like was what sold me on CrossFit. Like watching those things, and we just ate that shit up because it was just so little media available. Yeah. Then Savan would come out with this or Savant or CrossFit or again faster would come out with these big long series and then we're talking about yeah. it, you know the online video was there was way less of a quantity of it overall back then so Absolutely. Said, you know you'd see one new CrossFit ish video that you, in this vein every yeah, week or two, or every month, we should or have, something like we that. should partner with CrossFit. I now that we're on good terms, and we'll just will we will add value to their entire catalog by 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 uh, by doing commentaries. Wouldn't you much rather watch audience the CrossFit Journal content with us assholes talking about how we watched it once in two thousand nine? Also, um, and just think about this, guys. Um, no, I got. I'm 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 out of stuff. I had there was another video. Oh, I remember what it was. Uh, again, faster did a series prior to the what was Rich Froning's first year, 2010 games. 
2010 games where they went around to all of the post-regional winners and again faster went and did a series and uh, and uh, where and this was when all this was the year that all the regional competitions were completely different and so it would be like oh let's go talk to Christy Phillips because she won her regional whatever and that was the first interview I ever watched with regional winner Rich Froning and he's like sitting on a porch or something and they're and I remember telling Cliff this Rich Froning guy is my dark horse pick <laughs> to win the CrossFit <laughs> Games because I was just watching and they did a little recap of all the events and I'm like man he, he came in first in like most of these by like a lot and like all you could really watch there was no coverage all the events at regionals were different so all I was doing was watching again faster's like summary of what happened I'm like that guy looked pretty dominant. And In then the little clips they showed. And then this was the best part. But this was the best part. This is still when three on one off was kind of a dogma. And like we were walking around like, yeah, you're gonna want to work out like three days at a time, then take an off day to recover. And like you're gonna want to work out for like really short periods of time and then not at all <laughs> beyond that, because that's what CrossFit is. And then he was like, and I remember that first interview with Rich where he's like, oh, I don't take off days. I work out multiple times a day. And they're like, well, when do you take off days? And he was like, uh, I don't really take off days. And I remember being like, whoa, and like telling Cliff, this guy who won this regional, his name is Richard Froning. He says he doesn't even take off days. And it's like, man, he's going to burn himself out. <laughs> he's not following the three Well, actually, not quite. Because Rich, that, that Richard in, that Froning. Info, that info was being laid down post-Miko. Because remember, we'd already discussed Miko's insane this training at That's that point. point. The running five miles on a trail every morning That's as true. his first thing prior to five more workouts that day. So, yeah. but Rich Froning was the second one. Hey, we thought there was just some crazy Finnish guy who did that in the crazy land of ice yeah. up there. Ice and darkness. It turns out. Out. Turns, out, there, turns yeah. out there's a guy in Tennessee who's doing that kind of stuff too. Yes. But his flaw, not as much running. I think there was an event. I think it was an event in that regional, and I might be misconflating this with a different regional at the time. Because I know, but one of the regionals had like a thing where you ran up a hill with like a rope tied to your back, tied to a weight that you were dragging up that hill. And I Hell can't remember yeah. if that was Rich Froning's. But that it's like, awesome. that was the year when it was like regionals were just, they were a lot like sanctionals are now. It was actually kind of fun to watch all the different regionals because they were all different they events. They all had their own different flavor. Yeah, In yeah. fact, I remember Hawaii had its own regional. Yeah. yeah. And There's uh, Hawaiian CrossFitters. Yeah. I know it's hard to believe, right? CrossFit 808 represent. I think they're the ones that went to the games a bunch. Uh, they had their own. They had their own regional, and How do you have um, time to cross or their own sectional. <laughs> no, they had their own sectional because back then it was like I think it was two thousand nine. They yeah. had their own sectional that that fed into the regionals, and one of the events at their sectional they called it the gauntlet. I think I've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Will they just throw coconuts at you and you're just That's trying exactly to what it is. <laughs> uh, so the gauntlet is, um, it starts off. Oh, the coconuts are heavy and hard, and they're hitting me all over. <laughs> it starts off with Jackie. Sick. And then it goes into Carabelle, which is Gross. 10 rounds of 15 wall ball, three snatches. And then 15 rounds? 10 rounds. Oh, 10 rounds. Oh, 15 oh, wall oh ball, three man, snatches. that's nerf. It's Karen and, and Isabel. Oh. I get it. So that's, it's Jackie into sucks. Carabelle. I get it. <laughs> and then in the remaining time on a 30-minute clock, Amrap Cindy. And your score is Cindy. So if you don't get to Cindy, you get a zero. Uh, and back then, lame. back then, <laughs> yeah, back then, even getting to Cindy was kind of ridiculous. It was yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like people can actually get a single pull up on this workout. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if I can do a thousand meter row, 50 empty bar thrusters, 30 pull ups, 150 wall ball and 30 <laughs> snatches in half an hour. Yep. And nowadays it's like. 
did you get 25 rounds or did you get 30 rounds? Did the first part even slow you down? Didn't you finish everything in under seven minutes? The yeah. Karen into Carabao? <laughs> like yep. that, that, that part uh, is like the fitness escalation. But I mean, that's certainly the level of fitness I'm at at the moment. Same. same. I, actually, uh, I actually recently started doing the gauntlet mm-hmm. um, by rowing, yeah. and I have yet to finish my 1K row. Yeah, so you I'm don't want to bite off it. more than you can chew, though. No, no. I, I really want to do the gauntlet, though. Doing more of like a 30-day version of the gauntlet. That's why they call it a chipper. You want to chip away Realistically, what's, what's a good... I'm thinking if I finish that... I mean, you should be... 10 and a half minutes, 11 minutes for those first two things? Yeah, you, you, I mean, yeah, nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you should be getting like, you know, somewhere in the realm of like 15 to 20 plus rounds on mm. 15 to 20 rounds yeah, on Cindy would be pretty 20, fucking awesome nearly 20 minutes I think the winning shit. score that year was like 14 rounds 13 or 14 rounds of Cindy Blimey, who was that I don't remember mm. some monster either way the rock wasn't it it was the rock it was the rock guys <laughs> uh yeah either way uh that was a really that was a really crazy time and when you look at the media that that uh Savan was putting out uh back then it it reminds me a lot of there's like there's like a touch of of juice right Ray our my old boss mm. uh, talked Ray a Machuga. lot about Ray Machuga, former boss talk, our friend yes talked about uh talked about the juice right like yes. you know what's the juice of this fucking story mm-hmm. and Savan was always able to find the juice of the story yeah. much better than anybody else yeah. working at mm. HQ did yeah and one of the one of the uh, uh, mm-hmm. videos of his that I think we should look back at was um now that we're actually planning on doing the series, he did this whole thing of like a day in the life of Rich. And at one point he like shows up to Rich's house and like, he, you can see he's like kind of rushing like you yeah, know yeah. from the first person of the camera and like oh, knocks on the garage. Oh, that's, that's a great video. That is great. The garage that's opens and Rich is drenched I, in sweat doing uh, doing uh, cleans. cleans. He's doing yeah. cleans squat on cleans. the minute. And, Light and Savan's like, like, what the fuck, bro? He's like, man, I asked you to wait. You said you weren't going to start for another like hour. And he's like, I couldn't sleep. I already, I already worked out a little bit this morning. He's like, what did you do? Yeah. I did a bunch of like the 10 by 500 meter row or like 12 by 500 yeah, meter yeah, row. Yeah. And I've been doing this. Hold on a second. Like does a bunch of cleans. Been doing this imam of cleans. Just trying to loosen up until you got here. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I, I tell you, and that's and that's sort of the thing. And why do we like the Savan content more? And to speak. Because it's better. Because it's better. But why is it better? Because Savan came out of the world of do making documentary shit at the festival level and trying to find stuff that was interesting and make stuff interesting it starts from the assumption that you don't give a shit and it tries to force you to give a shit by finding the interesting moments to point cameras at hey i'm showing up here in the morning and what's that first reaction going to be like the problem with everything in that post-savon era is that and I, i i say this as someone who deals with this problem professionally on a daily basis is that then all the people were celebrities and other people came to the game to make media for CrossFit, assuming people care. And the moment you assume people care about Matt Frazier, I understand that people care about Matt Frazier, but you cannot as a filmmaker assume that people care about Matt Frazier because at that point you stop searching for the moments that are actually going to be memorable, unique things that are actually going to make people care, that are going to make people care about your film specifically. And so to this day, and Cliff and I, when we're prepping projects with big wrestlers, jujitsu people, track athletes, etc., the first thing we do is throw out lists. I know that you're very excited that we're going to be with this top track athlete track producer or this uh or or to our wrestling producer i know you're really excited that we're gonna be the best wrestler in the world we have to assume for a moment why 
are we making this film? Why are we doing this piece? What are we doing? And how are we going to put this athlete in a position where there's going to be opportunities generated for us to observe interesting things happening and stuff? And I'm saying like that... You have to treat it as if no one cares. You have to treat it as if you're forcing people to care, as if you're finding things that no one's ever seen with that athlete before. And that's the job. And Savan, when you watch his stuff, you know that he gets the job. Like, he knows what the job is. Like, when Cliff and I do go to make our things, we try, we know what the job is. And huh. the problem, the reason we shit on a lot of, and we kind of make just jokes about it, the reason we shit along on all that latter-day CrossFit films is because they're not doing the job. The job isn't... Like they're they're doing like pre they're basically doing um, like tape segments you know the kind of tape segments that you would do if there was a big boxing match you cut to a boxer and he's like yeah I've been training real hard I'm gonna get in there I'm gonna kick someone's ass they're doing pre roll and it's basically like two hours of pre roll assembled together into like a facsimile of a film and they're like see our new film it's like it's not a film it's a pre roll for a live event that's not a film showing up at a guy's house at five a.m. when he was supposed to be waiting for you. And then you sense that he didn't wait for you, and so you turn on your camera immediately and you capture the raw reaction to that moment. That's the thing. That's why you watch. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that's the difference. And that's it's why really, the Savan shit's good. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe, I, I, yeah. I was going to say maybe in, in, uh, in, in some ways, mm -hmm. perhaps uh, Heber and Marston and, and the crew were, you know, told mm -hmm. to create content in that way yeah and i'm not and blaming those guys i'm just saying like why we we, we say that oh that stuff before was was films that they just happen to be the guys listed as the directors on these on yeah these these, these other things are products they were corporate they're, they're not the corporate sounds pejorative but it's in those they were media products to market an event as opposed to the stuff that we liked with crossfit media originally which felt much more like People excitedly generating media, like real media, about Around what's that. actually interesting. About what's actually well, interesting. They, they in the sound subject. interesting. Yeah. I think. Um, I think the root of the problem is just how how media has has evolved over the time and how we consume sure. it. I mean, you guys spoke about it earlier when you said, you know, there wasn't any other video content mm -hmm. out there. Well, now every other fucking day, there's a new feature on some CrossFit athlete that I don't know. Imagine name. trying to watch every... Uh, how many hours do you think of purely just CrossFit-related video content are put online per day? Counting all the vlogs of all the CrossFitters, all of your videos, Arm, and all that. Do you think we have a full 24 hours worth of created CrossFit per video day, content per least. day? Yeah, if, per you day. Count, if you count Instagram, mm -hmm. you, you have a year's worth of content Ooh, Yeah, well, Instagram, that, that's, oh, that's chasing a rabbit hole. I'm talking about, let's talk about just YouTube. 24 hours, it's got to be close. It's probably close. Yeah, 100%. Probably close. Mm -hmm. It's probably close. And but but now and more like than that. one could watch. There was a time when not only could you, I did watch all the CrossFit content, and every right. minute of it, multiple times. For sure. And that's the thing; it doesn't exist in a silo, right? Like, yeah. you have to compete with the YouTube videos, so there is no time to take the time that uh, Savan takes to take the time mm -hmm. that. Um, media companies that are still like trying to make artful films there's no time to do that because the person that's out there mm. ingesting this taking it in is like me um and it's like i appreciate the art stuff but at the end of the day it's like just show me the sexy stuff because i only have a fucking minute long attention span. well and that's what that's the other thing is that i think it's the same with ma and many different media uh many different media outlets across 
all sorts of different things are dealing with this right now, which is previously they had a built-in audience because they were fulfilling a functional utility. Like, uh, to reference uh, uh, someone who we've talked about sometimes, uh, what is his name? Uh, uh, Naval, <laughs> Naval Ravikant. Ravikant. Was Naval Ravikant was making the point the other day about uh, newspapers. They used to just, they were, they used to deliver facts. You know, they used to literally the functional utility, and he's this is more my elaboration on that idea. But they had they used to deliver facts. They would gather facts, they would print them, they would literally deliver them to your house. You know, they were there was a, there was a utility to that. But then, because of the internet, facts are transmitted instantly and for free and so now they have had to take on other roles like in that early days yes the media was being driven by the fact that there was a functional utility behind it there was no other way i could see rich froning there was no other way i could see graham holmberg unless i was watching this stuff so it made me watch but because of that because they were still trying to capture an audience there was a level of um the the media itself there was a level of effort being put into the media to make it interesting a level of level a level of care that was being put into it now that that functional utility has been distributed to social media because now through facebook and through instagram and all that i can see all the rich froning i can see more than more than enough rich froning i can see more than enough of all of this stuff the media surrounding these sports and it's again it's a problem that we've had to deal with just you know, just professionally, the media surrounding these sports has to bring something else to the table. It has to bring point of view. It has to bring drama. It has to bring an interesting aesthetic voice. It has to bring something else to the table. So it's not so much that, well, there's just not time to make that. Now, more than ever, you're because, hey, listen, if someone likes an athlete, they're going to be, they're on their Instagram stories watching them all day long. So what are you bringing to the table that's going to capture their attention for the next 30 minutes what are you going to bring to the table what what thread through the crossfit games or through world's wrestling or whatever you're covering what thread are you going to find that's unique what ideas are you going to bring that's unique and that's sort of the job now is you have to work a little bit harder but that's also exciting because now the media that we're making isn't all about fucking yeah watch rich froning win this event or watch this person do this thing because they already know that so now we can just go a little bit higher you know yeah and in a way i'm actually kind of excited to see what um, Heber and Marston do now that they have a little bit more freedom and they have some leeway like are they going to try and recreate what they were doing uh, with CrossFit mm-hmm. previously or are they going to go in a slightly different direction yeah. or, or dramatically different direction yeah. I don't know but they have a, uh, they have good resources at their at their uh, uh, disposal They're, they have you have all the, the sort of support from the community that they, they need to sort of create what it is they're looking for yeah. and they have I think distribution already in place for the documentary that they're putting together that's going to cover nice. this season, um, the, this independent documentary that they're putting together to cover the season. So I'm curious to see exactly how it goes. Now, yeah, yeah. in my opinion, the better documentary to watch over any of the previous year's CrossFit Games documentaries is if you go watch the All In Fakowski documentary. It's five episodes. Yeah, it's probably it's a total of like three hours. Mm. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's about his 2018 season. It's, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like tongue in cheek, but also really uh, uh, well done and kind of like, you know, touches on on his role in CrossFit and all the other people that are Such doing a great well. idea doing a documentary about Fikowski. Great idea to do a documentary great about idea to do I mean, a documentary I wish, about Fikowski. I wish someone And if you're going to shoot B-roll of him working out in the back, you're really going to want to shoot that at sunset because Absolutely. that's the time to do it. Make sure to, to get close-ups 
of the rings hanging there, and then he puts his hand on the rings. Make sure to get that shot in the docu- original documentary you shoot. In your original documentary on Brent Fakowski. Now, hold on. Now, uh, allow me to allow me to parse out for our listeners what's happening here because yes. I think they know. Some of them know. Some of them know. We created a documentary called Being Brent Fakowski. In a in in, in hard air quotes. In, in we hard shot, air we, quotes. Sh- we made some media over the shot over two days, we which made, was pretty damn good. We made like a twenty minute long episode or so, somewhere around there, about being Brent Fakowski, like his days and and what that's all about and who he is and how he's turned into who he is, all that shit. Uh, and then CrossFit went and made their own being Brent Fakowski, where they kind of like really used a lot of the same shots that we did, <laughs> which was either an homage, uh-huh. a respectful, tasteful homage, or just straight up copycatting our yeah. shit. Because well, it's so and there's good. also, and in fairness, we are we are camping it up a little bit here because, uh, but it's like in in in, on, in all honesty, there's only so many ways you can shoot a pair of rings. Parallel thinking. Also, if they had likely what happened is if someone had seen that, it probably even subconsciously is affecting how they're shooting stuff. But the, what's a, what is what is fun? So I'm not directly accusing anything. What is funny though is that the cinematographer for the piece that we shot, who I went to film school with, his name's Chad Leathers, great dude. Uh, incredible shooter shot my last short sprites great now available biceps. on Vimeo's great biceps if you mm. yes if you've seen on Instagram me posting the jacked as fuck cinematographer of sprites that's he him he has near arm and he texted me so he texted me shortly thereafter like concerned saying like someone sent me this and I think CrossFit stole some of my footage yeah. and he actually like he shot the footage himself and the shots that he saw on the Brent Fikau- on CrossFit.com were close enough to his shots that he couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, wow. or at least not that he couldn't tell the difference. He could, but he was like, "This is really close." The uh, so so <laughs> the All In documentary series though is a third a third look at oh okay okay so, so this is this is this is yes. an independent this is an independent company. I honestly haven't watched any of that media, it's so it all is the same to me, bro. I'm telling you, yeah, watch it because yeah, yeah. very original. Because yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Uh, because the follow-up to All In, mm. by the way, I don't know if this is breaking news, but the follow-up to All In is called All In 2, T-O-O, I'm All In 2, oh. uh, the Patrick Vellner story. Ah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So Pat Vellner yeah. is, the, is, the, uh, the is the star of the next one, and it's called All In 2. And the poster is just a picture of Brent Fikowski with Pat Vellner's face cut out and scotch taped over Brent Fikowski's face. That is the exact style. That's the exact oh, tongue cheek yes. style Please that they would be that following. Please tell me that it's 2-T-O-O. That's exactly what it is. All In 2. As in Patrick Vellner is All In as well. That's great. I love that. Actually, I should watch that. I don't know where else to go from here, guys. I feel like we really... Really covered oh, a lot of ground there. World's strongest man is going on right now. Big chat. Is oh, it? Because yeah. I yeah. wouldn't know if it was going on. World's strongest man is impossible. is going on right now, and the only person covering it is Kale Beck. Yep, Kale Beck and Starting Strong Man on the website is crashing because he's the only place where results <laughs> are being posted. Sick ass haircut, Kale Beck. Wolverine I really like haircut, Kale Beck. I like Kale Beck. Uh, I like Kale a lot. I think he's really, really good at what he does, covering Strongman. He said in preface before saying something lightly critical. No, I'm not. Okay, I didn't didn't assume that's where that was going. No, the follow up, the the back half of that sentence that starts with, I like Kale Beck a lot and how he's covering Strongman, is I really like 
how he's opened up a lot more on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook recently because <laughs> because uh, hmm. Kale is a really interesting guy and he gets sort of I don't want to say he gets pigeonholed but like he he's his whole thing is starting strongman like he started this this Facebook page he started this website and it's like resources for people who are interested in strongman and yet he as an individual has had so much experience with like training and strongman and like you know the world involved there whether it's drugs or peds or like you know the sacrifices that normal people are making that he has so many interesting stories to tell and now he's starting to sort of like eke those out a little bit on like instagram comments for example Mm -hmm. one of the things i love about kale beck i posted that ellie kabord tested positive for clenbuterol and kale commented on that post i want to quote it exactly because it's fucking gold he said some nudes uh he <laughs> said let's see if i can find it here kale said oh god so many fucking comments so famous the life <laughs> of a famous person right in mm-hmm. front of me look at all these comments yeah yep and we are this warm. is this is how i value my, my life value. by the way you know and this is what we wear when we're meeting uh famous people Goddamn right i even wear fucking sleeves yeah, i know uh, so this is really famous. entertaining podcast. Could right someone here. say <laughs> anything or hey, do uh, something? Why? Why he's looking for that? I have to recommend world's strongest meme on Instagram. Oh, if you're yeah, not yeah. following it, it is the best world's strongest man meme page yeah. in existence. Yes. And if you're a strength athlete of any sort, it is great. There's great references to trend. There's excellent references <laughs> to Half Thor ripping people up to the navel. Yeah. Uh, there's oh, really? of Elton John. No, not yet. Oh, that but, would be uh, great. That's oh, coming. Well, when is that uh, going to you, be? If you're a big fan of Martin's Lices or however you say yes. that. Martin's, Martin's Lices. Martin's Lices. He's uh, featured on here quite a bit. Yeah, man. He could win uh, this year. He could do it. Half Thor injured his fascia, plantar fascias of this uh, recording. Oh, yeah. did he really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tore that. So uh, who knows? It could be Martin's. Look at this. Natty yeah. athletes weighing their options after a big competition. And it is, <laughs> was that Crystal Skull or He's something? Trying to, oh, uh, he is trading out. Oh, that's Raiders of the Lost Art. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Art. Raiders of the Lost Art. Trade, yeah. Trading in creatine for <laughs> Trin. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on here, but I can't My favorite meme it. that you shared the other day was uh, me trying to explain to the rest of the world why World's Strongest Man is not broadcast live. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's, it's and again, incredible. Like the other day, uh, the other day when we we were hanging out with our parents yesterday, they were in town because of Father's Day, and uh, they said, um, and uh, we said, oh, World's Strongest Man is going on right now, and they were like, oh, do you want to put it on? And like, we would love to put it on right now. Unfortunately, I put it on the television. Uh, we would love to do that. Unfortunately, there is no way to do that because, of course, it is all being pre-taped for what is it. CBS for CBS yeah, or something but, uh, like that. Apparently, they're going to have the episodes out sooner. Yeah, this very year than soon. They have sooner than not usual. nine months later. Now, not now the only later. way you can see it is watching Brian Shaw's vlog. He has a vlogging crew there, as Eddie Hall with him and all that, and his yeah. entourage. So that's the only way you can really see. Does what's Martin's going on. not have his vlogging crew there? Yeah. Uh, I think he probably does too, but I haven't watched I any because of his, his vlogging crew. Yeah, yeah. I think is just him <laughs> <laughs> with the camera. Do uh, I'm curious if you watch Brian Shaw's vlog, can you see the world's strongest uh, uh, a man? A uh, 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 film crew there who are actually filming the event, and my cur- I'm just curious, like, are they like 70s people with mutton chops and like old God, broadcast so. cameras, and like is like Walter Cronkite there or whatever it's the Kyle, fuck Kyle, they're Kyle, doing? Kyle, it's what? the Anchorman crew. It's the Anchorman crew, exactly what it it's is. Ron Burgundy. There's as like who else would me. think that the way to broadcast this would just be to tape it and then put tel- segments on television 
fucking a year and a half later as opposed to the internet immediately. Because that's how they did it in 1976 and it's still the same assholes. Yes. Probably. Uh, Anyway, I love Kale Beck. Yeah. Listen, World's Strongest Meme, you're you're welcome for that ad read that was... That's 1999. I uh, Straight up. My Venmo's Chase 504 once again. Organic ad read right there. (laughs) That's legit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, I think uh, I think that's good. I don't know who's going to win World's Strongest Man. I don't even know when it ends. I predict Hathler. it will. I predict that Hathor will not win because of his injury. And even though uh, this will be released by the time everyone knows who won, I predict that the winner will be American. Mm. Either Martins Lysis or Brian right. Shaw. Because Brian wow. Shaw is looking pretty decently strong. Dude, if Shaw gets his fifth, that'd be legit as fuck. Yep. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, I am at... What was it again? Sexual Jesus. I'm at Sexual Jesus. Also at Mr. Kyle Bogart. You can just change the name. You can cha- you can leave Mr. Kyle oh, yeah, Bogart as your handle, Jesus. but you can change the name that shows up as Sexual I'm Jesus. I'm at Mr. Kyle Bogart, hashtag Sexual Jesus on mm-hmm. Instagram. I am at Cliff Bogart uh, at the Fattest Instagram account. You will see. All right. I'm at Chase504 on Instagram and YouTube. And I'm at Arm and Hammer TV. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll catch you guys next week. Little, little, little.